Hello and welcome back to the WOZ Podcast. As always, I'm Paul Loman. And I'm Jimmy Shi. Today we have Grams Morgan, a Grammy Award-winning reggae artist, and he's here to share with us his experience in the music industry and how music is represented among Gen Zers. So how have you been as of late? I've been good, man. Just working hard and trying to become creative other than being on stage and been in a studio making music, just trying to be diverse, you know, think, doing different things and tr- trying uh, to become good at other things that I've never done before, you know? Yeah, and, and to be real honest with you, I wasn't really aware, like, I didn't know you as a singer before um, Dr. Arnold sent out this whole presentation, and then I looked you up, and then now people like you is my wake-up alarm every single morning. And, yeah. And now it's like, honestly, you know, you talked about how the energy, right? And like, that's, that's what gets me started every morning. And Paul can uh, testify to that this morning. <laughs> I, I was staying with Paul. So um, people like you would, was the song that woke me up, woke me up today. Thank you, man. Beautiful song. Yeah. And can you kind of just introduce yourself to our listeners that aren't familiar with you? Well, to all the listeners out there, my name is Gramps Morgan. I'm part of uh an amazing family of 30 children um in a reggae band called morgan heritage and i've done several solo projects uh now working on my third solo album i've now released two singles in the COVID era out of no planned um recording um just a need to lend a voice to people that are going through a lot of a lot of hard times and it's I released a song called People Like You uh, after the passing of my uncle, David Morgan, which is my father's uh, younger brother. And then uh, a big producer in our life, uh, Bobby Digital, um, that was very instrumental in the careers of uh, Morgan Heritage, my band. And we just decided to put these records out. And then we released Runaway Bay, um, which is a song to kind of cheer up everyone that's missing Jamaica to say, you know, don't worry, you know, we're going to get through this. And as soon as it's over, Jamaica will be there waiting for you. Yeah, and I, I listened to all of those songs and there was just such a strong message with it. And um, I really think it's interesting um, the way music plays into like delivering those messages to such a wide audience. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about um, considering your focus on reggae music, how do you think like music reflects that culture? How do I think music reflects the culture? Yes. Um, you talking overall music or reggae music? Uh, so both sides, and you know, obviously you're very involved in reggae music, but also just overall, um, you know, what would you think in a broad paintbrush would be when it comes to music and culture? Well, when with, with reggae music, first of all, reggae music is news. We talk about things that a lot of other genres don't talk about. You know. We talk about, um, it, it's more even closer to hip-hop. You know, we talk about things that are going on in the inner cities and a lot of things that, of course, you have great songwriting, right? When you have beautiful fairy tales and, you know, uh, an experience of growing up as a little boy. And one of the greatest things that um, a lot of people don't know is the relationship between reggae and country music. You know, we, we tell great stories, but one of the things with, with, with reggae music and, and dancehall music that's from Jamaica, you know, you got a lot of people like Shaggy and Sean Paul and Beanie Man and 
artists like that and Buju Bantan that have really led the dancehall era, uh, especially uh, um, amongst um, the, 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 the urban market in the United States. And when you talk about reggae music, of course, Bob Marley didn't do dancehall music. Um, Peter Tosh, you know, Toots and the Matos, that was reggae music. So now people are realizing that it's two different genres of music that come out of Jamaica. So reggae music helps to really tell a story for a lot of people's lives. It gives a voice for a lot of people that can't be, that can't speak, you know. Um, and, and that's what, you know, reggae music is today. And I think music today, just, just think of a church without music. Think of a political rally without music. Think of, you know, not making, making love to your wife and not having a nice slow song or some jazz, some smooth jazz playing. So music is the soundtrack to our life. So it really plays a big role. Yeah, for sure. And then kind of obviously um, for Generation Z, which is our generation, um, is probably one of the most, the largest consumer when it comes to music. Um, but oftentimes, I'm sure you're aware as well that those musics that, you know, we listen to as Gen Z are often associated with whether it's be violence, drugs, or misogyny. You know, I think a few good, good examples would be like, you know, Pop Smoke, who was really popular this year, or Lil Uzi, right? Like, the, the songs are often associated with uh, not necessarily the message you would, you would really want um, the school to be teaching, if you know what I mean. And I kind of wanted to see what your thoughts are on those, the, the, the newer pop music, um, especially in the rap genre. Well, it amazes me that, you know, um, people continue to push these kind of topics. Now, there's nothing wrong with the beat of music that makes you dance. But when we see where the crisis of our youth are today and the messages that are being pushed by these big music corporations... It's like, okay, guys, I mean, you, you're pushing these artists that are telling these kids to do these crazy things. And, of course, there are artists out there that are sending positive messages, and those are the artists that we need to push. And, of course, artistic freedom is a must, so every artist is free to, to really say what they say. But, you know, I wish that there would be more of a balance. That's why I really... I really listen to a melting pot of music. You know, I grew up on rock and roll and old school reggae music and country music. Those where lyrics meant everything and, and there was a responsibility in our artistic, um, what would you say, presentation. Today, it's now like, uh, you know, you can say whatever you say and it's, it's, a, it's like a, a, a cowboy tone, you know, like a wild, wild west, but still yet it, it is umbrellaed under, you know, saying what you want to say and, 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 and being free, freedom of speech. So we are in the United States. Of course, if we we're in China or, or Russia, it wouldn't be, you just don't say what you want to say, but that's what makes America great. <laughs> right, right. Um, and yes, I can, I can uh, testify to that. <laughs> so <laughs> being from China, but um, uh, can, can you just kind of expand a little bit of how do you think the music went from um, a, a, a tool to carry those positive messages to what it is today? Like, what do you think is the transitional point um, that led to what it is today? I don't know. I, I really couldn't tell you what led to it. I just think that uh, the progress of mankind and while we developed, I just think we've lost a little bit of our morals. 
especially in the United States. And these are some of the things I agree with Trump on in, in bringing back some discipline. You know, um, there's a lot of other parts of it, you know, of our president that I don't agree with. You know, I just think he's a, a little aggressive sometimes and kind of brings pop culture into the, the overall office. But I get him. He's a New Yorker like me, you know. <laughs> but, you know, these are some of the things that we um, we have to bring back the discipline in the world, not only in America, but amongst how we live, the principles, the, the principles of saying good morning, teacher, and, and saying good afternoon and saying excuse me or I'm sorry or, you know, reaching out to other cultures and, 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 and learning what how other people live. These are the things that, that, that I think have broken down in society. And that's why we... As reggae artists continue to push that message of love, oneness, and peace. If you notice, one of the biggest songs from Bob Marley's catalog, which he was a freedom fighter for equality, no matter whether you're black, white, Chinese, Japanese, wherever. And if you notice, reggae music is one of those genres that go in every country. Where reggae is big in Asia, reggae is big in South America, North America, the Caribbean, Russia, Eastern Europe, um, Western Europe, Africa. You know, it's all over the world because it is a message where everyone can relate to. And that is the power of reggae music. Yeah. And to kind of expand on that, why do you think music is able to break so many barriers, not just like culturally, um, but also just like uh, with different political views, it's able to spread so many messages. Like, what is it about music that pushes us to kind of sort of understand each other. It's the ultimate expression. The only thing that can compare to music is sex. That's the only other thing. <laughs> if it's not music, it's got to be sex. Because if you see a beautiful Japanese lady tomorrow as an American, and she's beautiful, and you're like, oh my God, she's beautiful. Do you think you need to speak Japanese to make love to her? No, absolutely not. And it's the same thing with music. If you dare with music and... You don't need to speak no language or have a certain skin color or be in a certain place to feel good music. I'm not talking about bad music, but good music, it, it's that international thing, man. If you read the Bible where David um, was, was called upon to play his harp for Saul, King Saul, to soothe him. So that, that's the power of music. And if no one doesn't understand it before, maybe we will never understand it, but we know it does what it does. Yeah, and, and obviously, like we talked about how music is really like the international language, but to me personally, for a lot of music I listen to and the playlists that I share with my friends are, a lot of times they're categorized by emotions. And, you know, similar to music, emotions also don't have cultural ties. Like, you, you could be a sad person in, you know, China or, or in America and it would be the same. And Gen Z listens to more sad music than any other generation. And the music you've showed us, even like you talked about songs like People Like You, is about a very sad event. But you made it in a more powerful way that's to energize and to bring hope but there's so many lists so many um artists and um, for, for example would be um oh goodness i can't even think of his name uh who's evan's favorite singer 
that passed away. Oh, uh, Little Peep. Little Peep, right? Like Little Peep is probably what would be most em- emblematic of what I'm talking about. It's just those sad music and sad and depression, and possibly I'm sure you know about this more than I do. But you know, he could have probably even died because of overdose, and that his producers wanted to create that sort of depression. And like, why would you think that depression is so big uh, when it comes to music, rather than? W- Probably the original intent of the music is is to uplift people. But maybe it's the chicken, man. I don't know. Maybe it's the water. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is. But I ask myself the same question: like, why are some of these kids like they're soft, man? You know, you go to some a lot of these, these tournaments today. I was joking about it with a, a friend of mine, and saying like, you know, these kids. You go to a tournament, a basketball tournament or a football tournament, and kids are getting trophies for second place. You know, and third place and fourth. When I was growing up, there was there was no second place to either win or go home. You know, so I think that mental toughness we've kind of lost. And I and if you check it, check it out. You know, fifty, sixty years ago, our grandparents are probably going to say that you know I'm soft. They're probably going to say you're soft, because I think that as the generations pass, that we are losing that 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 sense of mental toughness, you know? And the music, I think, today reflects that. It's a reflection on humanity today. Because remember that music is that vehicle, but who jumps inside that vehicle are these artists. And these artists that have been through certain things, gone through certain things, lived certain things, you know, done certain things, it becomes a testimony for them. So they're sharing their testimony and their experience with others in the hopes of some of these artists that some are inspired and some, you know, there was a song that was talking about suicide, right? Where it was a song to help people that are going through depression. So there it is that, that, that there goes a song that is helping people that is going through depression. And it's a serious thing in, 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 in the world today that they, they amount of people that are taking their lives you know so music now has just given everybody like i mean you know there's one time paris hilton was trying to be an artist right then there were talks about you know kim kardashian being a being an artist or because today based on equipment you don't even need to have a lot of talent to make a record like i've seen technical wonders done where people make records with artists that had never went to school and never sang a note in their life and they just but that's the te- technical blessing of today so i just think that music is a form of expression the same way painting a picture art someone may, may look at you and paint you in a vision the way they see it so all of these things are just artistic art expressions art um sculpture music all of these things are expression I think that's a really good answer. And I think um, I, you were referring to that song by um, Logic, uh, correct? The one about the that has the suicide hotline as the title? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I remember listening to that um, when it first came out and there were all of these. Um, it, it, was, it seemed to be like this wave of messages that came along with that song. And um, I think that was a very powerful song, not because it, uh, it, I mean, it's not my favorite song just to listen to uh, because of, um, it's just a a little depressing in my mind, but I think the message that it carries with it um, is stronger 
than the music. Like, I feel like that message evolved to more than it just being a song. Um, and that's obviously reflected by the, the, I think it got over a few billion views, um, on Spotify and Apple music. And I just think it's really interesting how a message can grow just out of a song and it doesn't even have to be about the song anymore. It can be about something so much larger. Um, so, uh, kind of moving on to our next question. Uh, do you intentionally like market your music toward younger listeners or do you have like a different target demographic that you choose? No, I market my music to the human race, you know, because what one of the things people try to do is divide music, you know. They try to put it, oh, this is pop music, this is this kind of music. And what I notice is that mankind continues to break down these barriers I remember one time they said hip-hop music was for black people. And now the amount of people that listen to hip-hop from Asian to black to Mexican to Caucasian, it's like ridiculous now. You go to some of these concerts and you see the audiences and you see the human race enjoying music, enjoying this artistic expression being given to them. So, you know, that's one of the things that... that you know, music, it breaks down all barriers, you know, and, and I've seen it through generations in my time, you know, from me and me born in the, the, the seventies and I've watched the late seventies as a little kid. I've watched the, the early eighties, you know, growing up with bands like Van Halen and Tears for Fears and Poison and Led Zeppelin and, you know, and, 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 pulling from that energy and putting it towards my reggae. So I, I don't think, you know, that there should be any, any, you know, wait, I said, um, roadblocks, you know, and when it comes to Graham Smog on music, I mu make music for the human race that everybody, cause there's, believe it or not, there are some young kids out there that are still listening to classical Beethoven, that are still yes, listening exactly. to Luther Vandross, that are still listening to Rod Stewart, that are still listening to Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson. There are kids out there that was born in 2002, you know, that was born in 1994, born in the year 2000. So I just think that it depends on the individual uh, personality that attract, because music is an energy, it's a frequency. You know, so it attracts certain people based on the development of that child. Maybe that child, is, is, when he was in his mother's womb, his mom listened to a bunch of Bach and Beethoven and classical music. So that's what the child's going to be gravitated to. You know, um, scientifically, I think they have data saying that we, when you play um, classical music and jazz for, for children, babies, their IQ is a little bit higher. I think I read that somewhere. So music is a very important piece. And that's why I try to make sure my music, that even a baby can listen to it or my grandmother can listen to it. Yes, I, I totally agree with um, this idea of having music to to everyone. Like you said, to humans, human beings. And I think that's so important when I think, especially today, that um, everything is branded um, whether it's based on skin color or a class or nationality and having something that can bring everything together, I think it's more important than ever. And you really mentioned um, 
the, the history of music. So I'm curious to see what do you see the future of music is going? Oh, the future of music, I think, is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be faster. I think it's going to be a lot more meditative. I think it's going to be a lot more uh, internal, you know, because I think people are going to want to look deeper within as we move into the 21st century. Like in 2050, I think it's going to be a lot more trance. It's going to be a lot more mental. Um, I hope and pray that we don't lose the humanity, the human feel of music by, you know, as we grow, that if we just start to kind of lose ourselves, kind of, you know, as people kind of try to uh, kind of start to disconnect from the human emotion. I think that's a fantastic answer. And uh, one last question that I want to close on is, do you have any advice for people who are want to go into the music industry? Like, what is something you need to have that's not necessarily you need a large following, you don't need some expensive equipment. Like what is something you need as an artist in order to be successful? Perseverance, hard work, determination, as with anything, you know. Um, the music business is no different from any other business except the main thing you gotta have is talent. Because I've seen people with half talent and ridiculous amounts of determination and they make it based only on their determination, not based on a God-gifted talent. And I've seen people with God-gifted talent, they're just coming out the womb, just playing the piano and jump out of their mom, strumming the guitar like Van Halen or singing like a bird, but <laughs> they're lazy. So I've seen the both sides. So I think in life, if you want to make it in the music business, you have to find the perfect balance. But most of all, study your craft, Study the greats and then find your lane. Find someone in the music industry to say, I hope, hey, that's my hero. I got a little bit of Michael Jackson in me, a little bit of Stevie Wonder, a little bit of Rod Stewart, and then a little drop of, let's say, James Brown, right? And then you mix that all together and all of a sudden you get a new person. So I think it's very important that people research music and especially when trying to find yourself and get into the music business. The second thing I would say is don't get high on your own supply. You record music, don't listen to it every day, or you'll find that you'll start to become re um, very repetitive in your melodies, song topics, song titles. You ever listen to an album and it's like, oh, that's boring, everything sounds the same? That's where that comes from. Thank you, Mr. Morgan. That was a really, really, really insightful conversation. Oh, thank you for having me, man, anytime. Thank you. I mean, again, that was really, I think, had the chance to talk to you about so many questions we have in our mind is um, an experience that we'll all remember. Much, much love to you, man. Again, thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about Where Is the Podcast, you can find our website at wrzpod.com. And our email is connect at wrzpod.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wrzpod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks.